I cannot fix on the hour or the spot or the look or the words which laid the foundation. It is too long ago. I was in the middle before I knew that I had begun. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan. The quote from this week's episode is from Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. And yes, yes, if you heard last week's episode, I was mildly inspired by Amir Khan's uh, investment into the book. I am not going to confirm or deny whether he finished reading the book. We can find out directly from him at the end of the month. But honestly, I thought regardless of whether or not you enjoyed Pride and Prejudice or enjoyed Jane Austen's writing, it is an absolute cultural phenomenon, this book. And uh, so many books from that point onwards that were inspired by her writing. And she is an absolute writer of lines. So bring it on for the quote of the week. Let's find out what's on the CELA homepage. If you go to celalibrary.ca, there you can find the catalog of audiobooks, ebooks, and daisy accessible books via the Center for Equitable Library Access. And the three main titles, the featured titles on the homepage are... Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sintanto. And this is a mystery and crime stories. Number two, The Climate Book by Greta Thunberg. This is for the environment. And the final one up there is The White Lady by Jacqueline Winspire. And this is a historical fiction if you feel to read any of that. We are going to be checking in with Karen McKay from the Center for Equitable Library Access talking about Pride Month. We want to celebrate. We want to recognize. We do that all through literature and we are absolutely privileged to have the books we have, the stories we have, and the kinds of conversations that we're able to get deep into um, because of the things that we read that we expose ourselves to and honestly this doesn't even have to be books it can be social media right there are just tons of content and absolute ways for us to understand and explore a little further so we continue that recognition and celebration with Karen McKay she'll be back to join us this month This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan. And because it is the first Saturday of the month when we release this podcast, we check in with our friends from the Center for Equitable Library Access. Usually friends are duo of Karen and Teresa, but today just Teresa or just Karen joining us. We already missed Teresa. Karen McKay is uh, the communications manager at Sela, and she's here to talk a little bit about pride we're continuing the conversation around pride month and uh, the kinds of books that we can read engulf ourselves in to try and celebrate and recognize and learn so karen welcome back thanks so much it's nice to be chatting with you you too. So where do you want to start? Because we have kind of a, a book list that we want to go through and then discuss around that. What's the best place? Well, 
So one of the books I thought I'd start with is called The Civil War of Amos Abernathy, and it's by Michael Leali, published in 2022. Um, and it's a kid's book. Um, but as I was sort of researching books to, to profile for Pride for Sela, this one kind of caught my eye. So um, Amos is a history buff, and he's also got a crush on a, on a male friend. So he's wondering if there's anybody else out there like him uh, in history, because he doesn't remember hearing any stories. And so because he's this history buff, he kind of digs in and sees what he can find. And he discovers that there's a person named Albert D.J. Cashier, who was a, a Civil War soldier who came from the area where he lived. And he might have been identified mm. as a trans man if he lived today. And so Amos, he's, you know, he wants to share this story, Albert's story with folks, uh, but he lives in a very divided 21st century town, which I think is, you know, not uncommon for, for uh, small town kids, particularly in the U.S. maybe, but small town kids. And so he takes this on. He wants people to know that there have been people throughout history whose stories have not been fully told. And so I, I thought that was a really interesting thing. So I'm a cis white woman. I have not had the experience of not being able to find representation of my own experiences. Mm. And um, I just thought this was a beautiful way to start to talk about those kinds of conversations, about what stories we hear, what stories we don't hear, what stories history has tried to erase or suppress. Um, and starting it at you know, at a level where kids can understand, like, that's where the cultural shift, I think, starts to happen, right? Like, our kids are the ones, I, you know, I can speak from experience, our kids are the ones that, that move us into new ways of thinking around some of these social constructs, because they grew up, they're growing up in a different kind of environment than the ones we grew up in. Uh, so I thought this is a really interesting place to start, just the importance of um, representation in literature, not only for, for adults, for authors, for communities, but I think really importantly for, for kids too. So, yeah, so that was one mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting yep. place to start. It is the question that we ponder over uh, in our own experiences. If you feel like, as I felt, um, growing up marginalized or not necessarily represented in the context of who do I look up to like who's trailblazed for me and so when you take that question and say let's write around that and um, have people explore that question at all you know who before me gave me the opportunity to say I I know what that feels like oh this person knows what I feel like um, is is quite interesting actually it, it is. Start and and so sort of coming out of that, I was also thinking about a lot of the books that I were, was looking at, and, and we have lots of new ones in the collection. A lot of them are writing more now um, from different dimensions of diversity. Like there's a lot more of intersectionality mm -hmm. happening around um, sort of LGBTQ2 plus characters, uh, but also talking about sort of their 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 whole selves, their broader... Um, experiences in the world, right? Because I would imagine, I don't know, but I would imagine that being a, you know, a, a gay white woman is very different than being a, um, a, a queer Muslim girl, uh, for example, right? The, the, right? the social constructs around those things are very different. And so uh, what I'm seeing a lot of in these books um, that are coming out, there's a, there's a lot based around sort of struggling with religion and sexuality and gender identity and um, th those components and also race, like the way those things are all intersecting. And so there's a few books 
that are really sort of interesting. One of them is called The Queer Evangelist, and it's a, the subtitle is A Socialist Clergy's Radically Honest Tale, and it's by Sherry DeNovo. So this is a, this is a memoir. Sherry DeNovo is Canadian, and she is a mm-hmm. um, United Church of Canada minister in Toronto, and she is like an on-the-streets minister. Like the, the goal for the congregation that she leads is really to serve um, and serve all communities and be a really opening and welcome and inclusive place. So you might look at her and go, oh, she's, you know, she's gay. She's a minister. Uh, she has very left leanings, very social justice orientations uh, in her work. She also believes in the literal uh, um, understanding of the Bible in some of the key stories. So, you know, a lot of leftist ministers will say, oh, you know, it's sort of a, an allegory. or it's a, You know, it's an illustrative tale. Uh, I was talking to a colleague about this today. Any box you want to put her in, she doesn't fit. And so I think those stories are really mm. important because they show the richness of life. It, it, it moves us out of our, our tendencies to stereotype people or to think about a single story about somebody and into a fuller understanding of what it means to be your whole self with all these different dimensions of diversity, all these different um, impacts on you and the way that you impact society. So I, I think she's a dynamo. Like I think she's the, the book is really interesting, but I think part right. of what's so interesting is just, we're starting to get more of these owned stories that are not sort of single concepts. They, they represent more authenticity, I think is maybe the way to, way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And individualism and really, you know, you talked about the differences of intersectionalities and experiences that way. And I think of um, my own culture in this kind of everybody fits into this. This is how we do things when you're from this place, when you are this person. And so when you don't fit into that box, as you mentioned earlier, um, you start to think like, what is wrong with me or what why can't I and does everybody else fit in a box except me and these kind of uh, spiraling questions and the opposite of that is to be curious right like is to say you know everybody wants to uh, feel like their story is their own and that they can tell it loudly proudly um, appreciatively respectfully and just own it that way. So that's the kind of thing I think we're moving towards where we're not necessarily interested in everybody squeezing themselves into this social construct, this concept, this culture, um, the norm, and say instead, you know, what's your story? It's interesting. So part of what I was thinking about when we were talking about this is um, our LGBTQ2 plus stories, are they mainstream now? Are we still of thinking about them collectively i mean as a as a as a niche story do they cross over into you know are are white cis women reading these books in their their book clubs are you talking about this around the water cooler Mm. at the office are you know are um, kids in grade 12 picking these books as part of their uh, you know independent novel studies or are we still sort of seeing them as a niche category and so you know working with the library i kind of fall back on we have a library category, but, um, you know, we're, we're trying to push all of these books into these categories. And this is dictated by something much bigger than SELA in terms of how this works. But, you know, like there's, I, I have a whole list here. There's LGBTQ kind of rom-com books, like light beach reads. We've got, you know, lesbian characters, we've got gay characters, we've got trans characters, we've got, you know, um, 
my characters like we have all of these different sort of characters in these in these books and yet we're, we're trying to push them into this small kind of box but we've got rom-coms we've got kids books we've got parenting yeah. books about what to you know if you're if you're a member of this community as a parent or if you've got a child of that, that's a member of this community how do you you know how do you parent them well that should be in parenting not lgbtq like it, we you know we need to sort of i think and that comes back to what we we're talking about recognize that there are so many dimensions of diversity and um this is one of them it's informative it's important we talk about it it's important we read about it but i think that we you know we need to see them in fuller characters right that have lots of other things going on in their lives which mm-hmm. you know some of the books that are coming out i really really love that that's kind of the way that they're heading yeah and not to mention that if people are going through realizations changes um acceptance at different stages of their own lives right so it's important that we cover all of that with all the mediums that you pointed out because um you know i i'm at this stage if i were to discover something about myself that i want to explore i'm not going to pick up a kid's book right and that's the same thing for tv and audio and um everything else because who knows who is going to get to that piece that conversation that talk and when yeah exactly and so we need to have lots of different books for lots of different people and I think I I think this is fair to say I think we're still at the stage as well where we need to have books for people who are just beginning their acceptance journey of Of course these other communities so there's a really beautiful book that just came out um it's written by um Catherine Hernandez it's called the story of us and it's this really beautiful story about um, it's told from the it's told from the perspective of an of an infant who has not yet been or a fetus not yet been born, and okay. so sort of has this all knowing uh, and all understanding vantage point. But it's it, the main character is Mary Grace, and she is a Filipino worker, and she's left her husband to become a caregiver in Hong Kong, and then she comes to Canada, and she you know she works in schools and she works in different environments, and she's really feeling like. She's not found her place. And so she becomes a caregiver to uh, like a PSW, a personal support worker, to an elderly patient who's suffering from the beginnings of Alzheimer's disease. She's a very fragile health situation. And Mary Grace's time with this person that she's giving care to really challenges her conservative beliefs. Um, Liz is a, is a trans woman. And so um, that's not something that's sort of been in Mary Grace's experience. It doesn't fit into her religious and conservative views. Uh, but you get to see this beautiful friendship start to develop between these two characters, between Mary Grace and, and Liz. The friendship really grows. Um, Mary Grace steps up to really be more than just a caregiver, like to be an advocate and to understand. Mm. And so uh, both women's worlds are being rocked by different different things. And Mary Grace's baby, who she's she's pregnant with, um, we get to see that growth. And so it's a really neat parallel, like a, the growth of, a, of, a, of an infant, the growth of a person in a new situation, um, and the growth of changing beliefs and stuff. So it's a beautiful story, like highly recommend if people want um, to pick this book up. But I love that it starts from a place of respect, not only for Liz, who's the trans character, but also for the, the woman who's trying to figure out how to reconcile you know mm. beliefs that maybe are not as accepting as they could be 
with a person that she's really growing to care for. And I think that that's really an important piece as well, because, you know, like you've probably been watching the news, right? There's lots of pushback on Pride Month, especially in schools. Mm-hmm. People just need a place to start to really, I think, understand the humanity. And books are a fantastic place for that. Oh, of course they are. Of course, because we don't even necessarily need to feel like we're in it. We're just kind of um, taking in a story or two and being able to understand where these characters, these people are coming from and potentially relate on some levels. But really, uh, you know, as you said, respect first and love first. What do you what do you enjoy about um reading a book like this, Karen. I, I'm curious because, as you mentioned, you were self-identified as a, a <laughs> cis... Um, uh, white woman. Yeah. Gendered white woman, yeah. yes. So what what brings you to the places that are important when you read things like this? So um, uh, that's a really excellent question. So certainly I get a different perspective. I mean, that's kind of an obvious statement. Um, but I, sure. what I love are books like... Um, We've Always Been Here by uh, Samra Hadid, which was a 2020 Canada Reads book. And I think it was maybe one of the first kind of books with buzz that came out that explored um, different dimensions of diversity. So um, it's a it's a memoir and Samra's a, a Muslim minority immigrant and she's facing persecution around sort of all different dimensions of her identity, right? Like the, that she's Black, that she's Muslim, that she's queer. Like I, f- I found that perspective um, fascinating and very obviously different from my own experiences. And and so, I mean, the storytelling mm-hmm. is important. Um, I don't want to be kind of talked down to, which is kind of why I like memoirs in, these, in this situation um, a lot. Um, I want to be challenged in terms of, you know, stretching my, my mind to encompass new ideas. Um, and I want to be challenged in terms of my own internal biases and that sort of thing. Uh, but in the end, I really want to fall in love with the character. Like I want to be cheering for them or I want to be um, like mm. in all the books that I read. Right. I want to be captivated and um, yeah, cheering for a character. So, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that some of the books that I've read or portions that I've read, I'm like, mm, this is it's kind of like a D, uh, diversity, equity and inclusion playbook in, in fiction form. And I don't, that's not really what I want. Like we want, hmm. I think, rich characters that we connect with because then that helps us understand their story or stories that might be similar to them in our communities in a way that comes with the respect and the love that you talked about before. Yeah. I feel really energized hearing that, especially because you were, you know, you're not coming from a place where you're like, I'm good. It's more like, (laughs) (laughs) it's more like, I know that I have these internal biases. I know that this is not um, necessarily going to be easy to stretch my mind and understand. But still, nonetheless, you're like, but this book or this character um, might make it worth it for me. What other books do we want to highlight? So there's another one called Hajib uh, Butch Blues, and it's written under a pseudonym, which, I mean, it kind of speaks to the this challenges still in, in writing and talking about these. So the pseudonym uh, is Lamia, uh, and she's a queer Muslim. Um, she was born in South Asia, but she moved to the Middle East as a young girl. And she's always sort of felt the easiest way through life is just to be hiding. She doesn't want to sort of go out there but she starts to explore the stories in the Quran 
um, which is the, the Muslim holy book. And she, um, she starts to see the, the characters in these stories, the people in these stories, as maybe being more like her than she thought. Um, so, you know, there's a story about Miriam who was, um, she became pregnant, but she said, I've never been touched by a man. And so, you know, the Lamia wonders, well, maybe she's more like me than not. Um, or maybe because um, Allah does not have male or female characters, characteristics rather, um, could he be binary or she be mm. binary? Or be, so she, as a young person, she's, I think she's about 14 when the, this memoir is sort of taking place. She's trying to find her place in the world. She's trying to find people, characters, stories that she can relate with, relate to. And I think it's beautiful that she turns to a book that's been giving her comfort in other ways um, and finds her place in there. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. Um, the story of us, I would definitely recommend if you have a young person, the the uh, Civil War of Amos Abernathy again. And then Making Love with the Land by Joshua Whitehood. It's... um nominated for the Indigenous Voices Awards, which will be uh, announced later on the 21st of June. Um, and it's a nonfiction book. Everybody loved um, uh, Johnny Appleseed, which was his first sort of book. Um, this one's nonfiction. And so he uses lots and lots of different techniques to explore things about body and language and love of the land. Um, it's, it's quite heart-wrenching in places uh, about what it means to live as a queer Indigenous person. Um, and the term that he uses is in the rupture between identities. Um, and so ah. I think that's a really profound way to look at that. So I um, highly recommend that one as well. Oh, gosh, I just love the depth of the language being used um, mm -hmm. to describe different uh, I don't know, question marks, I guess. Um, and it, it's so... Uh, fabulous but also obviously so difficult to express these things out to the world and have people buy in and not necessarily even buy in but just to say yeah okay let me listen mm -hmm. to what you have to just say to engage yeah. yeah which is why i think you know going back to what we talked about earlier kids books really important especially for families but you know, just beautiful stories that sort of open your mind like you might have been as a child being open to more things are important. The fun rom-com light reads, you know, also an excellent way to just kind of slip into the, some of these ideas. And then the more serious memoirs and literature, um, I, I think really, um, as you say, that the language and the storytelling mm. and the, um, the, the nuances and the depth of some of the themes that are being explored um, I think really help us open our hearts and minds yeah. because we can connect with the character. It's poetic right? Like there's sometimes when um, I have no clue exactly what this person is going through and maybe they don't either right depending on what, what it is that they're trying to express but uh, there's some poetry in being in that confusion in that lost uh, lostness <laughs> of your life, your identity, your intersectionality, your representation, um, your expression in the world, like who you are, who people think you are. And there's so much depth in that. And I really admire that people can, you know, put that stuff out there. Uh, and I really appreciate, you know, what you said about the kids books, but also who we were as kids or at different phases in our lives where we were more open to 
and are more willing to explore that and engage with people Um, because not all the time are we in stages where we can can take things in take people in exactly and I think it depends as you say on where sort of we are in our life but if we're feeling lost and we can read a story about a young queer Muslim girl feeling lost or feeling yeah. unseen, yeah. you know, you have an opportunity to connect at a human level, not necessarily at a descriptive level in terms of your identities, but, you know, what we want is empathy for one another, right? She feels lost, I feel lost, or she's struggling with being her true self. I mean, that's a struggle that I think many of us go through. Mm. So those those abilities to connect with themes that aren't necessarily specific to an LGBTQ situation, but are just a human situation. And like, you know, that's what we need to recognize yeah. in one another. Yeah, absolutely. Karen, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for bringing this to us for Pride Month. My pleasure. Thanks so much for talking with me. Okay, we'll chat with you next month. Karen McKay and usually Teresa Power as well, joining us from the Center for Equitable Library Access to kick off the month here on AMI Audiobook Review. Following that episode, we have Know Your Narrator with Sarah Hillis, so check that out next week. I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan, with Nasreen Abdel-Majid, our technical producer. And until next time, happy audiobook listening. I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.